Uh, yeah. Another one of those. This is for my nigga Q. Down to earth. Join the peace, baby. You know how we roll. There's so many that don't know. This goes out to my nigga Q. Rest in peace, baby. It's just me. It's just me, Billy B. <laughs> and Taylor. <laughs> Definitely don't start singing. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny about that? Um, my uh, my nieces, I saw them um, this weekend, and um, they said they don't want to come sleep over at my house anymore because I sing everything. They said, you sing answers, you sing, and we don't like it. And I said, well, there's uh, there's people in 26 countries and six continents that enjoy my singing, and they listen every week, so you can suck it. How, what, what are we singing? Everything. All of my responses sometimes. Oh, so you're just, like, sing-talking? Yeah. yeah some, some people would probably... I don't even know that they would consider it singing. It would probably be more like gibberish. So is this something when you're not sober? Because I haven't heard you do it much. Sometimes um, not sober. Sometimes sober. Sometimes it's I don't want um, more like an incantation. It sounds like like <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um. So a lot of our plans this week were were scratched. Um, my esteemed co-host, the um, Prime Minister of Podcastville, um, he had some he had some issues, so um, so we're scratching it. But we have a surprise guest, so um, one of my day ones is going to call in briefly, so we can go over the list of notes I had. Taylor did. Um, we've talked about this gentleman a couple times. He's quote unquote running for president. Mr. Kanye West is apparently not uh, a fan of the Underground Railroad because um, for anybody that's been under a rock for the past couple days, it appears that um, Mr. West might be having one of his um, psychotic episodes. And at his first campaign rally this weekend, I believe it was Saturday or Sunday night in South Carolina, he said that... um, I believe it was Harriet Tubman didn't free any slaves. She just got them to go work for other white people. While wearing a bulletproof vest. Correct. <laughs> so, Which I thought was interesting. Um, I, don't know if, um, I don't know if that's uh, probably the best thing to say when you're trying to start a presidential bid, even if it's fictitious. It seemed like an obvious showcase of somebody not taking his medication. Clearly, and then um, like crazy bipolarness. Clearly, and then um, you know they're they're saying that the the wife wanted to wants to divorce him. Kim K is thinking about divorcing him. I mean, uh, that's like the worst way to go about it. Yeah, wait till you have a super psychotic episode where you um, you uh, totally tarnish someone like Harriet Tubman. Who helped tons and tons of people? I or believe. don't let it get to this point. 
Well, there's that too. Like beat somebody in the race and shift that looks out for the other person. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. But then I guess what um, Chris Jenner got involved too, and he put out a tweet about her or something too. I guess some bullshit. Who about who? The mom, mother-in-law. About K- Kanye said, uh, "Back the fuck off," basically. But you know what I mean. I don't speak the language, but I I understand it, and I I believe that's what I understood. It was back the fuck off, bitch. <laughs> and then um, okay. I guess they sent a lifeline. Somebody said they need to go out, and Chappelle hopped on a jet and went out. Oh, okay, I did hear about that. And I guess he said, uh, "Come on, tell some jokes. You always cheer me up." And I guess it was early in the morning, and Chappelle said, "I'm only on my first cup of coffee. I don't know yeah. what to do." Which was kind of good. I thought that was kind of a fun, you know. Like, I mean, he's a great candidate. Probably why would, the he, only people all that's black on the level of fame that he's on. I would. Um, what if Chappelle ran? He would never. No, I know, but I would. I would vote for someone more like him, as opposed to somebody like Kanye. At, I, at this point, just give me somebody that's not bought out by companies. I don't even care. Or like even some of them are just do you have, do you have to be fucking criminally not criminally insane but in some cases do you have to you almost have to be insane to be want to be the president right? It's definitely a certain kind of person. Um, I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't say insane. Just somebody maybe somebody that's more passionate of like. I don't leaving like a mark on the place where he's lived or she's lived for their entire life. I so I, I'm I'm definitely giving way too much of a benefit of the doubt because there hasn't really been a president aiming for that in God knows how long. Do you think any of them have like a messiah complex? I mean, at a certain point, you that you kind of have to right. the way people react to you. Yeah. You have to get off on that. Some of it's got to be ego-driven, right? Not even get off to it. It's just, like, normalized to you. Right. Like, it's... Um, I don't know. It's just, like, not even, like, cognitive of it, like, actually happening. It's just like, oh, yeah, this is what my life is like now. So do you think that we... Should we be more upset about what Kanye said? Like... I'm not... Uh, he was... Or... Or should we be more upset that Jesus has been doing um, white face for almost a millennia? Says who? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Historians? I don't know many white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed dudes from fucking the Middle East. If anybody's got proof on Jesus, please let me. I'd love to see it. Yeah, for some reason, I just don't think he was a fucking, like, uh... Had the look like Michelangelo portrayed. How we know he was real? Well, I mean, I, I guess that we don't. I guess we don't really know. That's more what the question I'd be asking, not if he's black, white, Hispanic, <laughs> Israeli, whatever. Yeah. Is he really real? Bible's got some crazy stuff in it. I read Riza Aslan's book a couple years ago. It was good. It was called, um, what the fuck was it? Zealot. And it was more um, more Jesus as a historical figure as opposed to um, the Messiah. It was good. It was thought-provoking. So, like, more of what he represents, not his yeah, actual and then more, life? Yeah, and then more, um, 
like uh, they broke down some of the uh, some of the early Aramaic, Aramaic language and how sometimes. Um, like the way that they said, like, uh, fuck, it's been, I don't know, it's been a, sh a while since I read it, but it was like basically um, how it could have, like, how it could have been a thousand different people. How there sure. were, and there were other stories um, about, like, you know, the Simon the Sorcerer types and things like that, and what, what separated his story from, uh, you know, these other people. Yeah, and God knows how many times those stories have been translated and retold yeah yeah and then basically <laughs> if you've ever tried to retold a story that somebody even told you yesterday it's not going to be nearly the same thing as the no. original version of it not at all and then it, yeah even like jokes when people try and repeat jokes they fucking butcher it after the seventh time it's like that game whisper whatever whisper down a lane or whatever the fuck it was yeah. right let alone a book about somebody's life Right. You that know. the first one that was written down wasn't at least until, they say, 80 years after the dude was dead. Yeah, centuries ago also. <laughs> yeah. Nah. And then they went into, like, uh, he went into some of the stuff about how, like, you know, some of the books were written, like, some of the books were written, and um, and I've talked about shit like that on the show before, like, the King James Bible, King James, um, how he commissioned a bunch of scholars to, you know, write it and shit like that but I think we got too deep and totally killed the joke Jesus is bleaching his skin and I don't agree with it <laughs> show me Jesus that's all I want <laughs> show me Jesus um another another one I pulled from um I read an article today it said that there was um so at Auschwitz they have um they've saved they've saved shoes for a long time right Okay. A lot of them children's shoes. And I guess they're rolling out the display in the museum or whatever. And in a, in a pair of shoes sewn inside, they found a letter, like a handwritten letter or whatever. Like underneath the yeah. part of the shoe? Okay. Yeah, I guess in between the sole or whatever. Yeah. So they found this um, handwritten letter, and it was uh, written by the child's mother. And the child was like... Um, what the fuck was his name? I forget. It doesn't matter. Amos Amos Steinberg, I believe. And yeah. um, they said he was um, grew up in the Prague, Czech Republic, or whatever, in the Czech capital. And I guess they came and got him, rounded him up in like '41. And then October of '44, he lived in a ghetto. Actually, they they put him in the ghetto, and he lived in Prague. And then in October of October. Fifth or sixth of forty-four, he went to Auschwitz, and um, the mom had written a letter. So the whole family had gone: mother, father, and uh, son. And then the father ended up going somewhere else and made it out. But I don't think the mother and the child did. But the part that bothered me is. Um, we can find 65 million year old fucking dinosaur bones, right, out in the fucking desert. But they could, they didn't, <laughs> they didn't, they couldn't find a fucking letter in a shoe. That's why I was asking about the shoe. Like, was it like they showed a picture? Like, was it sticking out of it? Like, was it like very 
like like they they just rolled done. it, they dropped it off a pallet, and one fell out, and the fucking letter flies out, and they're like, oh my god! And then Nicolas Cage comes in, and he's like, we have to steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Like, how did you not? And then I guess they, they like if it if it was meant to be like stored. Like in the like in the shoe. Yeah. Like I got that. Like who's looking through all the shoes? I'm trying to see if I can find the um I should have fucking saved it. But if it was like just sticking out of the shoe, then obviously, yeah, how how'd you miss it? I don't like I don't understand and it's not like I mean where these I guess the other part would be like, were these wealthy people? Like because I was gonna say, well, it's not like it was a fine Italian leather, you know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't know, like a Ferragamo or something, like maybe you know what I mean, where they're made with a little bit more. Um, I, don't, I don't think they were uh, right updated with fashion in the forties. In the forties, right? In in the fucking Czech Republic. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't, I just was like, you got to be kidding me. And then I guess there's been other ones where it looked like they cited an article in 2017 where there was like. They did a test, and then I know there's this other guy that I saw probably about a, maybe a month or so ago on, um, I don't know, it might have been 60 Minutes or something like that, where the guy was, like, found, um, like, song lyrics or, um, like, note, like, musical notes, like, actual songs, like, whole whatchamacallits or whatever, and um, in a similar fashion, like, either in shoes or whatchamacallit. We're ready? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he's on there now. Yes. Okay, so we can shift gears, ladies and gentlemen. Um, calling in right now. I have a special guest. Um, a lifelong friend. We go all the way back to. I believe we've been kicked out. We were kicked out of the same CCD class, or I got kicked out of my CCD class, and I believe I was put into his, and they put us in the basement. Um, Damn, you had the basement classroom? Yeah, it was like You really were trouble. Yeah, correct. Yeah, they put us down there. It was like we were the forgottens. uh, But obviously, uh, maybe they put us in the basement for a reason because, you know, my friend has gone on to become a two-time NCAA champ, and he is the current coach of the Division II powerhouse, the Lindenwood uh, University men's wrestling team. Jimbo, you there? I am. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. I can hear you. One ear. <laughs> Thanks for uh th- How's it going, buddy? Um it's fantastic. Thanks for calling in on such short notice. No problem. Although it's not that short cuz we're about 28 episodes in and I got a reminder last week that you wanted to get in on season 1 and it just turns out that Justin had some truck trouble, so <laughs> worked out well, right? Yeah, it worked out well. So yeah, obviously um little backstory, obviously we've been friends for a long time and um I've seen you uh, go on to do extremely successful top of top of your uh, what would you call it? top of your platform, um, and just continue to I do. I want to call it that, but you can. Well, I mean, part, part of the journey. When you're on the top of the podium, I mean, it's <laughs> I don't know how much more top you can get, but. Um, ah. But I think what's either, for, now that I'm a little bit more mature, I think what's even more fulfilling is watching what you've been doing with um, in your new role as as coach. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely different um, from the aspect of being an athlete. You know, you get the pressures. Uh, your 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 wins or losses are are in your own hands. As a coach, you're trying to develop kids into 
that mindset, that premise, getting them prepared physically, mentally, um, handling the academics, being away from home, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a, a lot different from that side of things. And, um, you have to get out of that one track mind of, of being so selfish as an athlete at times, uh, to really, uh, you know, being there for 40 plus guys. And I also helped to oversee our women's wrestling program. So I think we're up to 31 girls on that. So, you know, we got almost 80 athletes, uh, between the two programs. So yeah, it's, um, it's time consuming. That's, that's a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's extremely rewarding in the same breath to, you know, watching kids go on to six, exceed their goals and, um, you know, reach great heights, you know, it's something that's incredible. I also think a couple of years ago, I remember, um, I think it was like maybe, what's this now, going to be your fourth season as head coach? Fifth season as fifth, head coach. Fifth season, so I think maybe it was like after year two and you, um, you said, yeah, Maybe it wasn't the best that you the the season the the finish for some of your kids wasn't the best that maybe you had won it um, athletically. But I remember I think you had like eleven academic All Americans. Yeah, we've been you know we've been top ten academically. Uh, I'm going into my tenth year overall at Linwood. I think we've been top ten academically six or seven times as well um, as being top ten athletically so i mean it, it's one of those standpoints where obviously billy us growing up was not a <laughs> was not our strong suit in the classroom i would say uh big, you know, big facts putting the time and effort into it yeah but um you know it, it is i mean that's that's part of the journey for these kids you know getting a degree what are you doing after wrestling right um after sports you know i don't care if you're a professional athlete you know look at how many guys have went on and made hundreds of millions of dollars and are broke by 45. Right. You know, there's gotta be something after sports. So, um, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position to, you know, talk to these kids and, you know, see where they're wanting to go with their lives, you know, and every 18 year old has one thing in mind. And I tell you right now, 99 out of a hundred kids changes it before the time they're 22 or 23. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just talking them through things and, Mentoring is a huge factor um, in this, both on on the athletic side and just what they're wanting out of their journey. So, it's yeah. First year as a head coach was probably the hardest one. Second year two was uh, a little bit better, but um, you know it's just about getting the process the way you want it, and it's been fun, man. How has um? So how has how has COVID? like affected your recruiting process and like, and, and, or even talking to some of your kids. Cause like, I know there's lots of rules, like when you're allowed to talk and shit like that, how, like, yeah. is it completely different? Has it? Yeah. Bees. I mean, it's uh sorry. I'm going to drop some nicknames throughout this too. Um, uh, it's all good. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, COVID's been, you know, we can't do any off campus recruiting. We can't do official visits. Um, you know, we really can't do much. Uh, we just opened up uh, recently here in the past like three weeks to where we can do unofficials. But um, oh, by the no, way, by the way, by the way, I forgot. Uh, Linden Wood, for people that don't know, is in um, St. Charles, Missouri. Yes, beautiful campus. I came out it, what, probably last year, year before, maybe two, three. Year before. Year, year before. before you came out, we did the arts, we did some cool shit, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's it's a great community, great area. You know. It's, uh, being going to college in Nebraska and growing up in Jersey, it's kind of like the happy in between. Um, so, 
but yeah, I mean, it's um, COVID's been it's been a big difference. We've had uh, I think uh, eight or nine recruits on campus the past three weeks, but you know they have to all travel on their own. There's can't take them out to meals, can't do things. The NCA just put a, a extended the ban now till uh, through August. So I mean, there's no official visits. So uh, you know you're trying to get kids uh, interested. And, um, you know, going through this recruiting process relatively through Zoom calls and everything else, you know, trying to answer questions. It's, it's unique. And as you know me, I'm, I'm a guy that wants to be hands-on with everybody. I think that's my, my best selling point is being in front of people. And, um, and we got a university that's incredible to sell. So it's definitely affected things that way. You know, the uncertainties for athletes coming in, you know, freshmen, how does this experience, it's so vastly different. Uh, than any other freshman class coming into college. So, um, you know, you're talking hybrid model classes. You know, you're only allowed in classes at some points. Some universities are suspending things or conference play. Just everything's still up in the air. And, and when you're talking to athletes and parents, you know, it's it's tough because, you know, to be honest, you know, we just don't know day-to-day what's going on. It's uh, It changes so rapidly and uh, everything else. It, it's hard to be decisive in what you're telling people. Right. Yeah, because if you don't even know how the fuck are you supposed to tell somebody or sell them, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, you're exactly right. So, you know, our approach is, you know, some schools are sitting back waiting for these official visits to open up. You know, we're just progressively recruiting now and, uh, you know, trying to get our hands on, on the kids that we can that are more regional based in our recruiting. You know, we're not hitting Jersey and California up as much right now. Um, you know, we're fortunate we do get some kids, you know, we had a kid last year that signed to come wrestle for us. Uh, he's a stud and, uh, out of, uh, Fresno area in California. And, uh, he didn't take a visit or anything. And, uh, you know, fortunately he loves it here. And, uh, you know, but that's some of the things that you're trying to do is getting kids to sign sight on scene a little bit too. Yeah. Um, just because of the capabilities that you have. Just based on hearsay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're selling a, a product and, uh, you know, you're trying to do it through FaceTime calls, man. You know, I've done more walking around campus, just taking videos and talking to kids, trying to show them things than anything else. It's, uh, I would just you know, go, I would just go, right, I would go right to the fucking, where's the the other building? The, the one, um, with the weight room, the one up the hill like oh, when, yeah, yeah, the old with, the chick, with the Chick-fil-A that would, I would just show them that. No, that yeah. I, I mean, that would be a big selling point for me if I was 19 or 37 and there was a Chick-fil-A on campus. <laughs> Chick-fil-A's, Qdoba's, we got grocery stores on campus. Like, you name it. Man. You're selling there's, me there's right now. I don't, I, might, I want to go to college. Right. I want to go to college again right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's an awesome place to be. You know, it's, it's the size of campus, you know, that, I really like, you know, we're not talking 40,000 kids. We're talking between, you know, eight, nine, 10,000 kids on campus. So it's big enough to where you've got your own community, but small enough uh, to where you don't feel extremely overwhelmed. Yeah. I thought it was really nice. And we got a good roller hockey program, which I know you're a fan of. Correct. I saw some of those guys last, uh, when I was in Florida. That's uh, right. Congrats on your national championship as well. Thank you, bud. We are, uh, <laughs> they want a shot at the champ. We will be on the road this weekend in Pittsburgh or just outside of Pittsburgh. I believe it might be called New Stanton, Pennsylvania. At least that's where the, uh, there you go. that's where the, uh, motel is or hotel, whatever. <laughs> it's not Cundy's on 130. I can tell you that. 
man. Yeah, so what else? Is, I mean, so what's it been like out in Missouri? So you can get hands on the ground stories. Like, has it been has it been insane? Is it everywhere else? You know, it's um, it was shut down here for a while. You know, from from our standpoint, we're still only allowed on campus a few days a week. We just kind of opened up campus uh, on the fifteenth, really. Um, but we're all set to a two day a week schedule right. uh, on campus, so we're still working. Uh, pretty remotely, but I mean, we'll have freshmen arriving on campus August 17th. Um, so, you know, right around the corner here, we're going to get, get going. So, um, you know, I don't think Missouri has been hit as bad, obviously, as New Jersey. Um, some of the hot spots in, in the Southern States, we, we've made some news with, uh, some parties at the Ozarks and things like that. I uh, definitely, uh, yeah, but, uh, I saw, I saw, we've, we've made mention there. <laughs> we've yeah. made, we've made mention. <laughs> You know, it's, um, it's, it's, I don't think anything different than anywhere else in terms of kind of what's going on and, and how everybody's having to deal with it in their own way. Um, you know, I think from a setting, from a, from a school setting, we got some schools that are looking at shutting down for things, you know, the whole athletics thing is just being reviewed, you know, obviously nationwide, but, uh, you know, kind of district by district in some ways, you know, New Mexico just pushed, I think it's New Mexico and California just pushed their high school wrestling dates till state championships are going to be in June now. Jesus so, Christ. It's going to be yeah, hot as fuck. Yeah, so, Can you imagine New Mexico yeah, in June? Different. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it changes a lot of the things that you're doing. I mean, I think from an NCAA standpoint, you know, there's still a lot of things in the air, but I mean, I think there's a realistic standpoint that, that football could be pushed to starting in October, um, looking at like a two-month delay on, on most things, which would put wrestling and, uh, you know, probably basketball and others starting in January, uh, so on and so forth. So hmm. uh, it's, it's, but that's the thing. Everything's hearsay at this point. You know, you know there's nothing definitive. Uh, I think junior college is the only division that I know of, and obviously my, my knowledge is mainly wrestling-based, but they've already made a decision to start mid-January and have their championship at the end of April. Um, so but there's a lot of things with bid processes and host uh, locations from the NCAA, you know, being willing to change dates and things like that. Too. These are big bid process for these uh, monster events, you know? Yeah. And I imagine they want to get like the, uh, the facilities they don't give, they want to get people, they want to get people in to fill their seats, quote unquote. Yeah. If they can, yeah, I know. Or at least get There's some wrestling in St. Louis. So, or, um, or at least get some operate with the Blues schedule. Yeah, or at least get some revenue generated because you know what I mean. They got it. Yeah. Even if they're yeah. not, uh, even if they're not, um, even if there's not spectators or whatever, they still have other people making money in in the facility. Event sure. staff, all that. You no, know, there's there's a lot of things. TV contracts, everything else. You know, what right. the NCAA lost on basketball last year is. I got to be an astronomical number, um, you know, but it's different. You know, the whole, the whole makeup of collegiate athletics right now, I think in some ways we're, we're able to reevaluate some of these, some budgets and uh, how we're funding some sports comparatively to others. You know, um, you know, it's amazing to look at some of the numbers that, you know, football programs and others have uh, in terms of budgets and salaries. Um, you know, but obviously there's a lot more fans and things like that and revenue brought into the schools, but without that, 
I mean, you're, you're taking huge hits as an institution. And I just don't know how many schools can survive, um, you know, on that, you know, fortunately we don't have any debt at Lindenwood, uh, but you know, most schools are in some, some financial debt and, uh, you know, losing sports seasons and TV contracts and everything else, you know, that could bankrupt a lot of institutions. Sure. Some of them are, you, know, so. you got to look at the books, dude. Fucking the money up. You got to keep track of the books. That's right. They should have went to Lindenwood, dude. They should have went to Lindenwood. They'd have been all right. You know, only us in Harvard are the only two institutions that I'm aware of, uh, unless uh, I'm missing something, that uh, are actually in zero debt. uh, The last I checked, anyway. So um, we're not mentioned with Harvard all the time, but, uh, you know, we've done some things. But when you see that headline, you make sure sure it's not just clickbait. You read the article, huh? (laughs) It's something that you make sure that every recruit and parent are aware of, you know. Um, but, I mean, it is a big thing. You want to go to an institution that's financially stable. It's where, like wrestling, we've seen it happen too often to where, um, you know, it's one of the sports that's dropped, um, you know, because it's an easy way to save some money and push it into something else. But wrestling doesn't cost a whole lot to put on. You know, we're, it's a financially stable sport. Uh, in terms of if you're hitting the numbers, you know, you're dread- generating enough net tuition revenue to cover your costs right. uh, and then some. So, um, you know, we're, we're a physical sport. You know, you just got a mat. You throw two guys, two girls out there, let them scrap. And that's all these kids want. You know, you wrestled in middle school, I think 85 pounds or something. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> I believe I was the Colonial Conference Tournament Champion at the end of the year. I never got to wrestle in that. So. so I got a one up on you. You got one up on the wrestling. <laughs> that, that, that might be the one thing. The one you got time. On the <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh my god, that's funny. What um So what I mean how do you, so how do you try and explain I'm trying to think of how I want to articulate this. So, like, to pick back up on the recruiting process, I know it's got to be the best way that I could try and relate to what you were saying as far as, like, when they ask you, well, what do you, what's next or what's this? And I have someone in my life who's uh, autistic, and when they were, I, I guess it would be comparable to that for me when it was, like, you know, early stages of the COVID how do I, what's next? What do we, when can we go back out? When can we do this? And it's like, you know, I like to think that I have answers. Um, I have answers to a lot of things, but something like this is just completely foreign to everyone. And it's like, you know, sometimes you just got to say, I, I just, I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, to be honest, that's the message is I just, you know, you don't know. <laughs> And, you know, we're fortunate. I mean, a lot of parents and the kids have been really understanding, but, you know, those seniors that, that maybe lost that NCAA championship opportunity to compete, and we were 14 hours away from competition last year when we get the call saying that the tournament's not going on. Yeah, I mentioned. Uh, you know, sitting in the arena. Yeah, I mentioned two it. two days. I mentioned it on the show. Yeah. Because I yeah. saw, I had stopped, uh, I had stopped by your parents right before and I dropped your brother's t-shirt off and um, your dad said, yeah, your dad told me right before, right before I came on, yeah, it's a no-go. I said, what do you mean? Like I said, I had just talked to you in the morning. Yeah. That's yeah, fucking man, insane. It, you know, getting that call, it was a half hour after we had the uh, meeting with the NCAA and we were asking that question while we were in there and, uh, you know, they just said, man, I, I don't know what's going on and 
right now to go, there was all these changes and, Hey, well, we're just going to let immediate family in. And then it was, well, we're just going to do a limited amount of wristbands for each qualifier and so on and so forth. And then about a half hour after our meeting, we all get a, an email saying that uh tournament's canceled at home. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, you're trying to tell all these kids, obviously cutting weight and miserable and, um, having something ripped from them at that point is, uh, very difficult thing to sit down and have that conversation. But, you know, those seniors, you know, that's uh, extremely hard. But now we're even, you know, didn't even think at that point that we would be discussing, man, are those juniors going to have an opportunity to finish out their senior years? Right. Um, you know, and that's a, it's a realistic question right now. You know, I mean, it's, it's hard to go off of the news you hear um, at all on anything because everything has some political uh, affiliation with it, it seems like anymore. So, um, just getting something that's factual, you know, it, right. it, and concrete to talk to people about is difficult. You know, really hopeful that you know a vaccine does come available here in the near future. I think that you know that is kind of the catalyst that gets us back to going. Right. But um, you know, you just don't know. And uh, again, I I think it's really affecting some of our athletes. They've been great. You know, we got guys finding unique ways to train and uh but we can't get on campus to work out you know facilities are all shut down um we can do some lifting and things like that on campus but we, we can't be in contact with them where normally we're, we're able to have access to kids staying here all summer to train with us and things like that so right. um you know it's different but you know we just keep telling our kids you know find 30 minutes a day to do something creative because you know if this is a go you don't want to sit back and question yourself here come next March and say, man, that guy did something that I didn't, um, you know, it's, you gotta just keep doing what you can every day. Um, next question is a personal question. Is Dina going to listen to the show twice a while you're doing it right now and then listen to it again in her regularly scheduled time slot or (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure she is going to listen to it on her regularly scheduled time slot. Yeah. I uh, had to pass off the baby to her to come and, and make the call. So and she's working on putting Finley down right now. But, yeah, uh, yeah she walks around with her, her AirPods now all the time, and I've tried talking to her, and usually she's listening to your show or some other podcast. So um, she's she's always listening, that's for sure. She did say that she's looking forward to listening to this one. The, um, we have strong numbers in St. Charles. We definitely do. Good, good. We hit Egypt this I week, too. I, I noticed Egypt on the map. Cairo. Cairo at it now. I just, uh, I believe you got a subscriber out of Delaware today as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, he actually subscribed? He, did you walk him yeah, through? He <laughs> yeah, the, fucking, the cocksucker's been listening. He's been listening, but he didn't subscribe. I was wondering. I did see 71 pop up today. I think on Apple, I think we have 71 subscribers. Something like that. I doubt he would have been adding today. Yeah. He's got passed out because it was hotter uh, than all hell in uh, Delaware at the Scrap Metal Yard today. So, What's up, Scoob? Shout him out. A shout out for Scoob, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was, the, that was just the personal question. Dina's Jimmy's wife, obviously, <laughs> everyone. You don't say. <laughs> Taylor figured it out. He's quick. <laughs> I'm glad Taylor can figure it out. Yeah, he's he's a bright one. He's good. Taylor's um, 
Everyone seems to like when Taylor um, Taylor's injects his dry humor, but when it's a rip on me. It seems to be a recurring theme. I think everyone likes it, whether it's Taylor's dry humor or anyone. I enjoy it. I, was gonna say, I think as long as you're getting ridiculed, everybody's a fan of it. Absolutely. I kind of I kind of <laughs> giggle at it, too. It's kind of fun. It makes me laugh. That's why I think um, Justin and, and Marker called me Pat Bev, because when people rip me on the floor or when I'm playing, I laugh and I giggle, and I, I think it's funny. And you're a crazy person. Right. <laughs> And we what? I said, and you're a crazy person. Well, that's true too. That's, yeah. That's all. Yeah. You bring him a good old can of Chef Boyardee, Taylor. He you got him for life. You know, that guy lived <laughs> off Chef Boyardee for like. Eight Do years, you? So. I did. No, long okay. time. Yeah, no, long time ago. No, not now. Okay, good. <laughs> no, I haven't we've, touched. We've graduated. I have. <laughs> I haven't touched one in a couple <laughs> years. I haven't touched one. I even tried, actually. What do you mean touched one? Like it's a drug? No. (laughs) (laughs) Put that shit down cold turkey, cuz. Yeah. (laughs) You see, it's right out of the can. That's a a fact. You did? Yeah, I've eaten a man. I've definitely eaten, I've had one in Jimmy's bedroom for sure. Jimmy used to eat them out of the can, SpaghettiOs. Wait, so like this was like your signature thing? I mean, I just ate them. It was it was pretty standard, Taylor. I, I do say there would uh, be a time in almost every day that you see Billy walk by with a can and a, and a fork. Um, and there was never anything else. There was no heating it up. It was straight up. Yeah, I would just eat it right out of the can. So you just had can opener like ready. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, when those pull tabs <laughs> came out, those were a big deal. Oh, yeah, remember, yeah, there was a pull tab. You didn't even have to have a can opener oh, anymore. Yeah, you know, after it, it, once those pull tabs came out, it was a... It was know, a rat. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rat. I didn't need much. He just carried around a fork in his back pocket, pretty much. And a toothbrush. Walked down to Heritage's, and that would be about it. You just see him walking home with a can of Chef Boyardee eating lunch. I remember one time, I think I tried that, like, they were having a fucking delivery at the, at said uh, at said Heritage's, and I was trying to, um, they had a delivery, and it was still, like, on the pallet jack, and I tried to wheel it around the side, like, where you couldn't see the glass, and they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I ain't doing nothing, what are you talking about? And then I, and then I walked back in and was going to do regular purchase or whatever. And they were like, "You were trying to make off with a pallet full of Chef Boyardee?" Yeah, and I, um, they ended up. They called me and they called my dad, and um, they were like, "You got to come down here and get them." And are I, you sure this wasn't a drug habit that was dressed up as, <laughs> as <yeah>. canned food? <laughs> no, I was still a teenager. I was still a teenager. But then I, I gave him my brother's name, and my dad was like, "Nah, he's sitting right here." Like, talk, you know? Yeah. He's like, "No, he's sitting," and he's like, "I'll." All right, I'll be right there. What the fuck? Then he's got to come get me. He's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I was fucking hungry." You're a teenager. Robbie's like nine at that right. time. Right? So. Yeah. And I was like, "I'm fucking hungry, dude. What do you mean? I don't fucking know." Yeah. <laughs> fucking let. Me. Yeah, I don't think I got in much trouble for that. Other than like, you know, my dad had to act like he was screaming at me when he came to. Pay. Well, he was. He was pissed off about having to. Not so much maybe about the beefaroni, more about having to fucking come get me. <laughs> At fucking 10 o'clock at night or whatever. I wouldn't be happy either. <laughs> nah, he was fucking highly upset. Um. Anyway, yeah, yeah we spent... Yeah, they definitely put us in the basement, though, in the CCD, right? Yeah, uh, 
I forget. It was St. Matt's, right? Yes. And, uh, yeah. I think it was down the stairs on the right. We were the only class down there, and I, I think there was it's pretty much like the eight of us. I think they got kicked out of every other class. <laughs> um, so <laughs> the poor nuns that had to, to teach us in that, that was just, uh, I, it was not a good setup. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think we made it through. I think you got removed before I did out of that one. And I'm, um, and the, I believe the building back in after that at one point too. So oh no, I had to go like so. Then I came to where we're at now, across the street. I just came, went to St. Pat's, and then they, the fucking lady claim the teacher I had the lady claimed she had a nervous breakdown. At least that's what she told my grandma. So they they asked me not to come back there, and then I had to go like all the way to fucking like Pine Hill. That was the only one that would take me. I well, I mean, there's nobody that traveled for education, whether CCD or high school or anything else, more than you did. So I went to fucking 39. I, I don't know. Have you told Taylor how you would just venture towards West Efford High School, even though you didn't attend there, and just end up going to school some days? Yeah, that happened. They they asked me to leave a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? I was suspended or whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Your life we gets did. stranger and stranger the more you get to take these little uh, We're only at it. the iceberg tip, dude. We're oh, all, yeah. It's, yeah. People ask me all the time, they're like, why don't you tell this story? Why don't you say that? And I'm like, I don't want to I don't want to wear them all out 28 episodes in. Yeah, you know screw I mean? your notes. I want to <laughs> dig in into all this weirdness you got. <laughs> there's plenty. Taylor, of, you'd have to clear a lot of hours. There's plenty. Yeah, there's plenty of time. Okay. How, how about you lay out a couple stories, write them down, and then we'll hit one every couple episodes. How about just ask Jimmy Ask Jimmy to do, tell an embarrassing one? All right, Jimmy, what's your favorite oh, story then? The favorite, I, you know, favorite Billy embarrassing story or one that you think of? Oh, man, I, I don't know. There, there's a lot. What's the first one that comes to mind? What comes to mind? Yeah, none that are appropriate. Um, but uh statue of limitations you know, there's, there's are always... up. <laughs> I said statue of limitations are up. I, I, I think you might be good on most of those. Um no, there, there's always something. Hey, Billy would be the random guy for I guess some of the funnier ones would be when Billy would get into a fight. Because okay. it was never it would never be like you know, it was well thought out or anything else. It, it would just be kind of random where all of a sudden Billy would be like, nah, I'm done, and just slug somebody. And um, <laughs> it was just out of the blue. And, like, it would be usually, like, after everything was, like, somewhat calmed down, and all of a sudden here comes a haymaker from Billy. And it would, it would be pretty comical. You know, going to watch him play hockey games, there was a lot of times where I'd go to watch him, and uh, there'd be six or seven guys trying to follow him out to a parking lot. And uh, trying to kill him after a game because he's just, you know, just being Billy on a, you know. Oh, you're talking about the Highland game. You know? You're talking about the Highland game. And then remember the next week. That's the, the first Highland game was. That's the first night you had your license. That's the first night you got your license. I did. Got my license. Went to go watch Billy, and then had to stand outside and uh, defend Billy. Uh, so. Uh, I believe I believe fun. you gave them the best chirp of all time, though. You said, "No, he's not going to fight tonight. He's got to play in the championship next week." While you guys, while you fucking shitbirds are sitting at home. So if anybody wants to fight, you're fighting me. 
Yeah, I, I think I did say something like that. Again, that's a 17-year-old me, so I would assume that that was probably what was said. Yeah, of, but, of course. Uh, we had, like, we, I should preface that. I believe they probably knew you were 17 because I said you just. <laughs> you, it was the first night you got your license. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's a lot of stuff like that. Randomly, Billy, uh, you know, anything was always something hilarious. It was uh, a comic relief segment anytime we got around Billy in, in any type of setting, really. But uh, seeing him in his elements, just, uh, you know, literally with a basketball jersey on half the time, just wandering around in a pair of shorts and sometimes wear that outfit for a week. the weekend. Or a week, yeah. whatever, whichever yeah. came first. So not much has changed. No, that's that's also true. Not much has changed. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty plain, you know, man. Just G- kind of just t-shirt, shorts, and t-shirt kind of guy, man. And yeah, I'll, well, yeah. There was a big, there was a big basketball jersey face for Billy at one point, though. What jersey um, were you wearing? I think you were buying them off the like throwbacks in the corners or something. Way back I had a guy. And, uh, yeah, we had a guy. He had Mitchell a guy. I had a couple of them. No, I had a couple all uh, uh, authentic with paperwork. Mitchell and Ness Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and then that fucking bitch took them. Okay. That's a side well, story. Well, now you have to elaborate. Well, let's just say that we um we may or may not have been dating, and. Took away all throwbacks. There was some, yes, there was some things that were taken from my place when I allowed her to go in and get her things, and one of them was all the throwbacks. Yes, my OJ. She took my OJ jersey. Um, well, that's not a bad one to take, though. So. It almost kind of made sense, though. Like scorned lover takes OJ jersey as the <laughs> <laughs> unique way to look at it. Um, yeah, she took some of the she took some of the throwbacks, but you know, I, we moved on. It is what it is. I've learned to live without them, Taylor. Might have been the Dr. J one that that hurt the most. Sixers. I had a Sixers doc, and then I had uh, I got him. I had a Moses Malone too, but I ended up I got a Moses Malone back. There's one in my. I think, didn't there. you have like a Dewan Wagner high school jersey too, or something? You had at one point. Mm, no, some deep cuts. No, but I did see Dewan Wagner selling dime bags on Carl Miller Boulevard. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a that's a fact. Um. I think I talked about that on the show before. But anyway, moving on. So um so I guess like what how do you how do, how are you moving forward like as far as um all of the other stuff like um just generally speaking in life like what's a, what's life like in Missouri for someone who's No, it, it's cuz you're a family guy too. It's not just about, you know what I mean, you have the wrestling stuff going on too, but you're also yeah. you're also a regular dude too sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean, having a three and a one year old, you know, it's it's been really hard, you know, just in terms of, you know, we had to take them out of school for months, and um, you know, that was just getting them acclimated. So not having kids around their friends and the socialization aspect of things for little kids, especially, yeah. um, you know, that was really hard. We've been implementing them slowly back in, um, you know, and it's just getting their feet wet. So it was. You know, kids who I don't want to go back. I'm used to being home, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, the good part about it is, you know, it's, I've been able to spend a ton of time with my kids, which 
I don't normally get to do, you know, so that's been, been really good, especially at the ages they're at, um, you know, being able to spend a lot of time with them has been awesome. But, uh, you know, we didn't open up parks and things like that until pretty recently. Right. Um, you know, and then when they first open, you don't want to go cause you know, it's going to be, you know, everybody possible going at some point. So, um, you know, we've been holding off on that and going at odder times, making sure that there's not as many people there. I knew that was you out there at three like in the morning. Else. I knew it. I knew it was you at three in the morning <laughs> at the fucking park. No. <laughs> I don't do that as much anymore. You know, doing the midnight runs and things like that. But, um, no, it's, it's been different, man. I mean, I think obviously everywhere's got, you know, stuff going on and, and regulations are, are different in every state, but you know, I, we're, you know, we're under the understanding that we're trying to do our part, you know, uh, making sure we're trying to social distance, make sure we're wearing masks, you know, making sure everything's really clean. And I think, you know, at this point, some people are just so frustrated they're over it. So some people have kind of said, Hey man, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, I've, I've given up freedom long enough and, um, you know, so you get people that are frustrated and, and everything else. So, you know, again, you know, we're, as we talk to our athletes about it, you know, it's, you know, we got to do our part and, uh, it's, it's tough, you know, to, to get across to, to tell an 18 to 23 year old, anything to do. Cause they know everything. And, uh, yeah, sure. You know, we got a great group of guys and, and girls and stuff, but I mean, you know, our women's coach is, his all American last year. She's from Moscow. You know, so there's a lot of uh, questions about if they can even get international kids back into the country. Um, you know, and as school's starting up in, in a month here, um, you know, what does that look like? Flights are expensive. Right. You know, everything else. So, um, you know, how does that play out? And, uh, you know, everything's just still so up in the air. You know, it's, you know, you want something concrete. I think we all do, you know, hey, this is what we're going to do, but. You know, with the way this is going, I mean, there's just nothing like that available. I found that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying it's understandable, but I mean, it's understandable yet frustrating all at the same time. I got an international story for you. So what's your take on this? So the NHL is doing their playoffs in hub cities. So they have two cities, one Eastern Conference, one Western Conference, and they're both in Canada, Toronto for the East and Edmonton for the West. So while they deem that safe because all of this, all of the teams will be staying in those hub cities, baseball, no go. They said Toronto, kick rocks. The Blue Jays, not happening. Right, it's all that. I think they kind of got bullied out of the idea when, because they had the same like concept when it first came out, right? And everybody was like, "Oh, how would that ever work?" Yeah, and then they kind of Gary Bettman took it and ran with it, and now in the NBA, yeah, NBA is what in Orlando, right? Yeah, that's their hub. Everybody's there. Yep. I would. I, what's your take, Jimbo? What do you think? I mean, it's it is what it is. I mean, I don't think no matter where you host it, are you really gonna hold back any type of virus or anything else. I mean, you just put people around each other. Right. Things are going to spread. I, I, you know, not having fans, you know, if that's the, the final decision on things, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you, you open up a lot of things from a marketing standpoint in terms of online viewerships or TV sales and things like that. Cause everybody's going to be watching that. So right. is that a way that you supplement revenues for, 
for these uh, professional organizations or collegiate organizations. You know, it's just uh, I don't like the idea of just one location personally. Right. Um, I understand the limitations on travel and everything else, but you know, it's it's different when they're taking private jets on everything. You right. know, but um, that's true. You know, it, it's again, you know, somebody's got it. I mean, the one thing that I always think of is it doesn't matter if you're staying in a hotel, you know, how is that hotel recirculating the air through a facility? How is that arena recirculating the air? How is a dorm room or whatever it else? Somebody's got it and this air is going throughout an entire facility and it's going to pass along to other people, you know? So I don't know. I mean, there's just a lot of factors in it. I mean, I'm for whatever gets sports going again, to be honest. Um, but I mean, I, I'm also in it. We got to do things, you know. Obviously, when you went and played down in in Florida, there, you know, there's there's people that can't go or have other things going on. You know, we have to be open minded in the terms that some people don't want to go back to college or don't want to participate because of health safety factors too. I've also you know, demonizing people for that decision. I don't think is the right thing to do either. I would also like to point out that I have uh, passed the incubation period. I am uh, day 16 or 17 since I've been home from Florida. So <laughs> I'm happy to report at no point has, did I suffer any corona symptoms. No, nothing coming up. Other than um, regular upper respiratory mucus, no. None. <laughs> Thanks for that update. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, we got about, um, we got, another, we got another five minutes. What's on your mind? General. Okay. Here. How about this? Give me your angry algorithm of the week. What, um, what got you fired up? Somebody took your parking spot, uh, something that jumped out, not necessarily angry. It could be whatever. Just what's, um, what's on your mind? What's your angry algo for the week? I don't I'm in the middle of a home renovation, geez. I mean, I, I'm pissed about everything when it comes to Was it the glue? So, was it was it the glue coming up from the scenes that the seams the glue in, coming up from the seams really in the picture angry. that you sent me. I'm not gonna lie. So Jimmy's doing floors down in his basement, they're doing a remodel and he sends me this what is it? A glue down, right? A glue down. F yeah, it's an adhesive, some luxury vinyl plank and uh so my first time doing an adhesive floor and thinking I'm doing it right, not thinning it out enough. And uh, I look over, and I got just glue coming out of the seams everywhere. So that was a little bit frustrating. I, I'd say that was a little said, I thought, I th Bill, I thought a five-gallon bucket was going to be the trick. I thought it was going to be enough, and then I'm fucking two-and-a-half buckets deep. <laughs> yep, yeah. Ended up spending a lot of money on adhesive and probably could have done four times the amount I did just with uh, yeah. all the glue that came up through the seams. Because you called me Sunday morning. We were waiting for the fucking, waiting for the place to open. Yep. To go get yep. more. Sit outside trying to rent a roller. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, there's all kinds. I mean, that's been some good things about this, too. I've been able to get a lot of stuff done in my house. But, uh, right. you know, yeah. I mean, renovations are not fun. Finishing uh, basements and doing all that fun stuff during this is not an enjoyable time. But, uh we're almost complete, so I think there's some light at the end of the tunnel there. Yeah, but I think the commendable but, part, uh, the commendable part too, I think, is that you're turning your house. This is fucking way gay cliche, but you're turning the house to the home. You're actually doing the stuff yourself. It's not like you know what I mean. Where there's more love with yeah. that, in my opinion. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's been a work in progress for learning how to do all this stuff. I think, uh, you know, it's been fun, you know, it's got us ideas on trying to maybe flip some homes and do some things, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not as much fun as you would think, you know? No, not at all. And I, I especially know, I know how it can be too, because I know you're frugal as fuck with money. Yeah, yeah, you can call me cheap, Billy. You can call me cheap. Um, my, uh, my in-laws like to call me cheap as much as they, they want to, and uh, I am. You know, I mean, you start spending, a, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on something, you, you know, 400 bucks here and there, 500 bucks, you know, that makes a big difference. So we just priced out carpet today, so that's another thing I got to figure out how to you – know, that's another thing, you know, I do a lot of wrestling camps in the summer. I haven't been able to really do any this summer. You know, so extra income for me to do projects like this hasn't been available. So, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, I'm I'm about done with remodeling houses. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, look, buddy, I appreciate your calling in on such short notice. You are now being broadcast in 26 countries and six continents. If we know anybody in Antarctica, send them the link so that we're on all the continents. We can be on all yeah, the cor- we can be on all the corners of the flat Earth globe. See what we I got do. It. We got to get something up in the Yukon in Alaska, man. I got we got to hit the gold rush. We are not. We also yeah. need we also need help in the Dakotas. You got you got to get some of that. You know. I don't know. Oh, that. man, happy to be on, man. Happy. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, nice talking with you guys. And it's unfortunate that you um, you have beat Marshall on the show because he thought he was going to be first. So uh, you got to get on him, man. He's, so he's a busy guy. I did talk to him later. You know, and I, he's got more time to do this. You know, he he's in that that mountain time zone out in Colorado. So. I talked I talked to him the other day. We got to catch up. I told him was I told him we were gonna I was gonna call him. We got to catch up. Yeah, you you get him on when you do the Bon Jovi episode, and I'll be back on for that. Have a nice day. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. Thanks, buddy. No problem, man. Talk to you later, dude. All right, later, bud. Yeah, so it wasn't as awkward as I thought because uh, without uh, without Justin. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was all right. It was a different, different vibe. Now, wasn't it? Now we have opportunities to go through your little weird past. <laughs> yeah, more more can come out, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back next week, episode 29. Lord willing, coronavirus free. Take us out, Taylor.